Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, animal people, and welcome to the Pet Place Radio Show. I'm your host, Marie Hewitt, and as you get set for another pre-holiday weekend, I think it is awesome that you've set aside a little time for all of us here at K-Mozart and the Pet Place. I plan on making it worth your while with a couple of holiday-focused guests who will be stopping by shortly. First up, we'll be speaking with Erin Turgesson, who has all the latest news on must-haves for pets and their people for the holidays and the cold winter season. I suspect she'll have some great gift ideas. Then, animal behaviorist Steve Applebaum will be offering up some great tips for training your pets to keep them and your holiday visitors safe and happy throughout the season and beyond. So keep your radio tuned to the Pet Place on K-Mozart, and we'll begin after a very quick message from the station. Welcome back. You're listening to the Pet Place Radio Show on K-Mozart. I'm Marie Hewitt, and I'd like to welcome Erin Turgeson on her return visit to the show. Hi, Erin. How are you? Hi, Marie. I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. Well, it's been a few months since we chatted last, and I wanted to get you back, and I hope you're having a spectacular holiday season so far. Absolutely. No, it's 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 exciting time of year, and um, you know, just with the hustle and bustle, it kind of crosses over into every aspect of your life. So it's just a really neat time of year. Oh, that's fabulous! And I've heard that you have some great tips for our listeners on must-haves for every pet parent who's listening today. Absolutely. Um, what are some things of, that that the pet parent should consider? I know that we've got some cooler weather coming in. Um, do you have some ideas on how to keep pets warm and keeping them occupied while they're indoors? Absolutely. Um, there's a line of products um, exclusively at PetSmart called Sunbeam Pets. It's branded as Sunbeam. Sunbeam is a 100 plus year old brand. So you know, from a consumer standpoint, it's a very trusted brand and um, and housewares and products. For people, they have recently launched an incredible line of products at PetSmart under the Sunbeam name uh, with a line of, of um, heated pet beds and heated um, mats that are great for the winter time to snuggle with your kitty or, or your pup. Um, and they, they offer a variety of different sizes to kind of fit your existing pet bed and just to keep, you know, it helps with circulation and um, it's just really a nice kind of winter must-have for um, keeping your pets snuggled and warm in their beds. Wow, that sounds wonderful. And I know pets are inside a lot more than they want. I know I haven't been taking my dogs out as much because we've been having some rainy weather and they're going a little stir-crazy. Do you have any ideas about how to keep them from becoming bored inside the house? Yes, absolutely. Um, there's a company called Quaker Pet Group. Quaker Pet Group um, launched a line of toys. Um, called Here Doggy, and that's H-E-A-R Doggy. And what they did was develop a patent-pending patent squeaker inside of their dog toys that um, only the dog can hear. So it's in a sound frequency range that only the dog can hear. So it's a great toy if the pets are inside because the dog can have a blast and squeak their favorite toys 
um, away without driving the people, cra- with the step parents <laughs> driving them crazy. Okay. So um, the here doggy is definitely um, definitely a great solution for when your pets are indoors. Oh, wow, that sounds great. I'd never heard of that one before. Hey, as far as getting out, I mean, if you are going to go ahead and, and weather the cold weather, so to speak, is there anything that you can add to your dog's current fur coat? I know their fur coats are fabulous, but they still get pretty cold out there. Do you have any suggestions? Yes, absolutely. There's a line of products um, that I would highly recommend um, from Sherpa as well as from Cloak and Doggy. That it, They have two great lines of um, parkas that are really flexible for any size dog. They go up, I mean, from the tiniest little teacup um, up to, you know, a 100-plus pound dog. They have a really nice sport parka, um, which is a very, it's great for different kinds of weather, keeps your dog very warm. It's a very comfortable fit, very easy for the pet parent to put on. And, you know, just kind of a wear and go, whether inside or, or, or outside in the in the elements. They also, there's also a line um, from the Quaker Pet Group as well called the Rain um, Rain Collection. Oh, nice. And that is great for if you live in a damp, you know, a damp climate or if you get some of the rainy weather in the wintertime. Um, it's, a, it's a bandana that rolls up into a collar. So it, you put it on as a collar and then you can extend the bandana uh, which goes over the entire length of the dog. Oh, so it's like a poncho. Fun with it. it is kind of like a little poncho, and then okay. it just really easily rolls back up inside the collar, so it's you know really easy to keep in your car, whether you're going to the dog park or, or going out on a walk or just running some, some holiday errands. Wow, that's fabulous. I, I would love to have something like that, because even after I give my dog a bath, or my dogs actually, if we go out into the rain, coming back in, there's just no escaping the wet dog smell. <laughs> so yes, no, to have absolutely. That, parka, that would be so good. And going out into the snow, I know that my feet would absolutely freeze if I had to walk on ice. And, and people often don't think about their own pet's feet going out into cold, cold climates. Any suggestions for booties or anything like that? Um, I I don't have a specific booty that I know of. I know there's several different um, lines out there. I would look for something that's extremely flexible for the dog that still gives their their pads, um, you know, that flexible mobility and doesn't put too much of a shoe shape. You know, I think we as humans kind of tend to think that they need a, you know, more more traction or maybe a, a harder type of sole, but I think with booties, the tip there is just to, you know, have something that really forms to the contour of the pet's feet. Okay, that's great advice. With pets being indoors, especially during the summer, I know personally I'm always getting covered in fur, but in the wintertime seems to slow down a bit, and I probably am not as diligent about brushing and and grooming daily my pets as I am during the summertime, but that's probably not a good thing. Can you uh, set me straight on this? Oh, yes, absolutely. Um, There's a couple of great products that I'll I'll recommend that will make winter, you know, winter grooming really easy for the do-it-yourselfer at home. Um, There's a really gentle de-shedding tool um, that I love called Shed Monster. Shed Monster comes in two different varieties for dog and one variety for cat. Um, it's very easily easy to find at Bed Bath & Beyond, at um, 
at you know the major pet retail stores. Um, it's also available at Walmart um, as well as Amazon. And the Shed Monster is an incredible um, tool that's very comfortable for the pet, um, very lightweight for the for the pet owner that's brushing them, and it gently removes a lot of that undercoat that you you see on your clothes, you see all over the couch. And the and dogs and cats alike just love it, love the brushing of it. It's very gentle. There's no, you know, sharp edges exposed. It has very rounded, smooth edges to it, and it's just highly effective. It, it you know, can remove bags of hair. You'll be you'll be shocked um, at, you know, what it will pull off that you will not see all over your car, your house. <laughs> um, and, you know, it's just that real comfortable, um, that real comfortable brush. And then... For a shampoo, Oster has an incredible line of Oster Oatmeal Naturals, shampoos, conditioners, cologne sprays um, that are made from natural ingredients. Um, They have several different varieties that can be found on OsterAnimalCare.com that anything from puppies, you know, a lot of people might get puppies for the holidays. You know, sometimes that's a big time for rescuing a pet or adding a pet to your family, so they have formulas from for, for puppies to shed control to, you know, whitening, uh, different formulas for whitening, just depending if you have a lighter colored dog. Um, but that's a real soothing, natural shampoo line that also is great for the winter and, you know, kind of all year, but for the winter season with the change in the coat. Excellent advice. And I know that bonding to your pet is enhanced by daily grooming because they love it, and it's just a great great way to spend some time with your pets and not only that but if you keep on top of the grooming during the winter then you don't have such a serious problem in the summer when they start losing all of that undercoat that they've uh, accumulated over the winter so I think it's great advice to to groom them throughout the winter even if it seems like they don't need as much so daily grooming I think their skin can also get really dry in the winter. It's just like ours. You know, we with the colder weather, we notice that our fingertips and, you know, our extremities kind of uh, take, you know, take some drying out um, during those winter months. So, you know, finding a really a natural, uh, soothing shampoo that oatmeal is a great ingredient um, that kind of, you know, soothes their drier skin and, and coat can be a really good solution. Wow, fabulous idea. Hey, I have to ask you about this. I know the holiday season is the time of year that we humans tend to put a little weight on because we have all these extra treats that we don't normally eat and we're not getting as much exercise as we normally do during the warmer weather months. And I think that's probably true for animals, too. you have any ideas about how we can make sure our, our pets don't put on that little holiday poundage? Oh, absolutely, and this is such a such a common problem. Um, you know, something that you want to think about in the holidays, but but all year there's such a high rate of pet obesity. Um, it's you know, with the APPA's latest statistics, it's almost 50% of our pets are considered to be overweight, and it's leading to a lot of health problems like diabetes. So it's really important to pamper your pet and give them really healthy, all natural, but look for a you know, a pure meat um, and a pure meat type of treat that's very, you know, lean, low calorie, um, and, you know, really optimal for for their health. There's a a great line from Loving Pest. It's a made-in-the-USA treat called Grillicious, um, as well as a line called Barksters. 
that are great, great options to have that very all-natural, 100%, you know, meat with, with veggie or fruit combination. Um, the Barksters are almost the consistency of a sun chip. They're uh, baked. Um, they're baked so they're kind of air, you know, air popped. And each treat is about 11 calories, which other treats can average, you know, between 100 and 200 and 200 calories a piece. Wow. So you really need to watch, you know, treats that have a lot of fillers or a lot of ingredients. You have no idea what they are. Mm-hmm. Um, look for treats with ingredients that you can identify. Um, the Barksters and Grilicious are both made in America from USA sourced meats and vegetables and fruits. Um, and again, being 11 calories, you know, you can use them for training. You can use them to treat your, treat your dog and not have any of that uh, guilt that they're going to put on that holiday weight. Absolutely. And these are all really good gift ideas. But for pet parents who want something sort of special for their pets in their holiday gift-giving mode, what do you recommend? There is a great product that just came out in the same line I was referring to earlier called the Gourmet Treat Maker. Okay. The, um, the Sunbeam Gourmet Treat Maker is basically... A George, it's a, like a George Foreman for dog treats. Oh, it, wow. um, Sunbeam took um, the same design with the nonstick, um, you know, the nonstick really easy to use um, gr- kind of grill design and made, a, made it into a dog treat maker. And the that's available at PetSmart for $29.99. It comes with um, some suggested treat recipes as well, so pet parents can get as creative as they want. Um, it has little bone-shaped uh, cutouts in, in, in the in the grill part of it. Um, very easy to make, so you don't have to be, you know, Martha Stewart to, to make these treats. It's really the, the ingredients are going to be ingredients that you already have around the house um, that are healthy. Um, you can decorate them. You can, you know, keep it from simple spreading a little pumpkin on top. You know, go with a really... Um, healthy, you know, natural, just depending on your your dog's diet. But the Sunbeam Treat Maker is a great gift idea for the holiday. Wonderful. Um, Erin, our time has just raced by, and it is time for us to take a break, but I want to thank you for coming on the show again. Oh, thank you so much for having me, and I hope you have a wonderful holiday season. Same to you. And when we get back from our break, pet behaviorist Steve Applebaum has some great training tips for parents who want to make sure their four-legged buddies are well-behaved and safe for the holidays. This and more are just ahead after our quick pet place break on K-Mozart. Welcome back to the Pet Place Radio Show on K-Mozart. I'm Marie Hewlett, and joining me now is Steve Applebaum from the Animal Behavior College. Welcome back to the Pet Place, Steve. Oh, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. It's been a while since we've spoken, and since we're well into the holiday season now, I thought I would pick your brain a little on how to make sure that your pets are very good hosts for any holiday celebrations that uh, anyone would be having right now? That is a very common question that we get this time of year. You know, I know a lot of people in my family now have new babies. We had kind of a a mini baby boom. (laughs) And 
it's a whole different dynamic now in terms of having family members over with uh, babies in the house. So what kind of suggestions do you have? Because a lot of pets have no experience whatsoever with babies. That's true. That's true. Um, you know, and it's funny. I mean, when 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 people have babies, they you know they come home and they suddenly, typically, well before they bring the babies home, they they look at their world and their environment in a much different way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's um, that's what you really need to do with 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 pets, dogs and cats especially. You know, as far as babies go, um, the best thing to do is really, if at all possible to get the dog or the cat used to the sight and smell of babies before you bring yours home. So if you have other people that have kids, have them come over. <laughs> now, it's, you know, babies are different than toddlers. There's a you know, very different thing that goes on with toddlers, obviously, mm-hmm. because they're mobile and they have the ability to interact with the, with the pets, uh, you know, on a kind of an eye-level thing. But with babies, you know, really it's, it's, it's more along the lines of... Um, the animals understanding that these these little critters that are making strange little sounds and you're holding them in your arms are not a threat and uh, they're not prey. Mm-hmm. You know, and most of the time that's not an issue. You know, one of the things that you need to do is you really need to assess your own pets. If you have the kind of dog, uh, and this is more a dog thing than a cat thing, um, that has exhibited uh, questionable predatory behavior. The kind of dog that likes to chase small animals, the kind of dog that's aggressive with other dogs or cats. Um, you know, this is this is a pet that you'll need to take to group class training to get the dog used to other animals and to learn to behave around other animals so that he or she can be praised for appropriate behavior. Mm-hmm. And you just need to be mindful of that. Okay. Uh, most dogs are not that way, but you, you definitely need to make that assessment. Um, but beyond that, I mean, if you can, if, as crazy as it sounds, if you can have people that come over, you know, just holding their babies, and and the dog can be brought in and then given little treats and petted and fed and made part of the whole experience. Mm-hmm. Now, what a lot of people do is, the pets are their babies for a long time, and they're the center of attention. And then suddenly you bring these new critters into the house, <laughs> the human babies, and the pets are either banished or ostracized or ignored. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, they're not that much different than we are, really. Mm-hmm. And with that, you're going to get levels of resentment and frustration. And so rather than create a situation that's likely to cause stress or tension, and when dogs are stressed, they tend to act out just like people will sure. act out. Mm-hmm. And when I say that, I don't mean that they'll act out in the same fashion. Mm-hmm. You know, humans have a whole host of other behaviors that they will typically engage in, which will run a, a very large gamut. But dogs will, too. They can do anything from chewing things up to barking excessively to starting to go to the bathroom in the house to actually being aggressive towards these intruding little critters that are coming into the house. <laughs> so you can avoid this altogether by making the association with a new baby a positive one. Okay, so if you don't have babies in the house generally, but you're expecting babies for the holidays, recruit all of your friends and neighbors <laughs> with babies to just start coming over yes. and visiting. <laughs> if you can. Now, if that doesn't work, and that's not always practical for people, mm-hmm. and, I, and I realize that. So there are other things that you can do that are not as good but are still better than not doing anything at all. Okay. Um, there are any number of tapes, or not tapes, I'm, I'm giving my age, um, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, DVDs, or, you know, you can, you can, you can get this uh, yeah, 
find this stuff on YouTube now. Um, just the sounds that babies make, the cooing, the crying, um, just, just, the, just, the, just the sounds of a baby. And you can, as crazy as it sounds, play that two or three times a week, maybe five minutes, twice a day. Mm -hmm. And during the time that these sounds are, are going on, you can feed and praise the dog during this so that the dog starts to make the connection with baby sounds being positive. Okay. Um, you can also do the same thing with a doll. I mean, it, it, the thing about that is, is and trainers used to, recommended this for years, um, the challenge is, is that dogs are not as visual as we are. Um, okay. So, you know, we look at a doll, and if it's dressed just right and it's particularly lifelike, we could actually maybe make believe that it was a baby. But it doesn't have any of the smells. Right, right, right. Which are and also very foreign. That's right. That's right. And, you know, I mean, let's face it, there's only so far you can go to creating a realistic situation. Mm -hmm. So, But, you know, it's certainly better than nothing, and I have had success in the past by getting, the, getting, getting dogs used to, you know, the sight of at least you're holding something that, that looks like a baby combined with the, with, with the sounds, combined with a lots of praise and lots of feeding, um, it, it can certainly help. Okay. You know, anything you can do to make the experience positive is, is definitely a good thing. Now, a lot of people are completely comfortable with animals. I know when my niece comes over with her new baby, my dogs go over and they're just licking the baby and right. everything else, but I know some people wouldn't be particularly thrilled about that sort of behavior. How can you teach a dog who's overly friendly and very happy to see a baby keep its polite distance? Yeah, you know, the, the, the thing to do with that is that's really more an obedience issue. Okay. If, if you have a dog that's reasonably well-trained to listen to simple obedience commands, which are sometimes called the cues, so you, you have a dog that, regardless of distraction, will sit and stay and come and lay down, things like that, without having to say it 15 times. Mm -hmm. um, you combine that with having the dog greet people in, in, in a new appropriate fashion. So, for example, you know, people come over with children, Instead of having the dog coming running into the house and running around in circles and jumping all over and licking and you know doing what dogs do, better to have the dog on a leash when she he or she greets these people. Mm -hmm. um, have the dog sit and then let the children pet the dog or you pet the dog and praise the dog. And if the dog starts to get rambunctious after that, just tip, you know, tell the dog to sit again and praise the dog for the appropriate response. And over time, the dog will learn that the way to get the praise and the way to get the accolades is, is by sitting and by being calmer, and the licking and the jumping isn't going to get him or her anything. Okay, and that's probably also great advice when 95-year-old grandma comes through the door Absolutely. on Absolutely. her walker. It's, it's really even more important under those circumstances. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, in a worst case, if the dog is a little exuberant with a 2-year-old and the a child maybe falls down or whatever, <laughs> chances are, you know, he's going to get up and, you know, maybe there'll be some tears. And I'm not, I'm not minimizing it, but it's, it's rarely dangerous. Mm -hmm. But when you're dealing with elderly people who could conceivably be knocked down, um, you know, that's a whole different, that's a whole different um, dynamic and there's real danger there. So, again, the, the best thing to do is to have the dog on a leash and to teach the dog to greet people appropriately. And, and here, too, Preparation is a really good way of ensuring success. Rather than waiting until, you know, 
uh, two days before Christmas when you start to have people over, mm-hmm. um, you're much better off, if possible, in, uh, enlisting the help of a few friends to come over um, and encourage them to greet the dog in an excitable fashion. Mm-hmm. Because that's how people are going to do it anyway a lot sure. of times. But make sure that you have the dog on the leash, that the dog is not allowed to jump, but instead I'm told to sit and praised for sitting. And the best thing you can get your, your friends to do is, even though they may, you know, greet the dog by saying hello in an excitable fashion, they absolutely should not pet the dog unless the dog sits. Okay. Okay, because otherwise the dog's getting rewarded for the inappropriate response. Ah, that makes sense. Hey, it might be a good idea to actually assign someone in the family, if you have an extra person, to be the one in charge of the dog or dogs and actually have them on a leash the whole time and, of course, you know, give them a break and let somebody else take over that duty, especially if you're going to have elderly people over who could be knocked over and you know that your dog isn't perhaps the best trained dog around. (laughs) Right, right. No, that's, that's definitely a good idea. Um, just as long as everybody in the family that's physically capable of it knows what to do. Okay. Steve, uh, we only have about 30 seconds left because our time just flies when we talk. Let's remind everybody where your behavior college is and your website info and all that good stuff. Okay. Well, the, 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 school, the school is really a vocational college for people that are looking to get involved in animal careers. Okay. So the, the types of information that, that I'm giving and sharing with you are the kinds of things that we teach our students who will then go out as professional trainers and work with people. Fabulous. And what is the website? The website is animalbehaviorcollege.com, exactly as it sounds. Okay. And, uh, you know, anybody that wants more information about this, we, we teach professional dog trainers, professional veterinary assistants, groomers, pet, pet-related careers, can just give us a call at 888 600 Seven two two zero eight 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 six hundred seven two two zero, and uh, we'll be happy to answer any questions they might have. Excellent, and it's time now to take our last break of the morning. But when we return, be ready for Pet Place news and events here on K Mozart. We're back on the Pet Place Radio Show. I'm Marie Hewlett, and it's time for Pet Place News and Events. On Saturday, December 15th, from 1 to 3 p.m., best-selling author Ken Foster will be celebrating the holidays and his latest book, I'm a Good Dog, Pitbulls, America's Most Beautiful and Misunderstood Pet, with a book signing at Chevalier's Bookstore at 126 North Larchmont Boulevard in Los Angeles. Joining Ken will be several certified therapy dogs who will play the role of Santa and happily pose for photos, accept wish lists, and, of course, decide who's been naughty or nice. Donations of dog food and dog toys will be accepted for distribution to area rescue groups. It will be a holiday event to remember for years to come. And don't forget to check out our website at www.petplace.org and send us your comments or suggestions for the show. That's all for me today. Remember, pets need love and a home, too. We'll be back next weekend here on K-Mozart. I'm Marie Hewlett. Please spay or new to your pets and have a wonderful day. 